welcome to Unashamed, a smut lover's podcast where we just want to talk about smut. I'm Courtney. And I'm Kelsey. And this week we are doing another spooky read-along. Yes. Or I don't know if it's spooky, but it's definitely dark. Yeah. We're trying to mix it up and give it a little bit of a darker vibe for spooky season. So, Kelsey, you want to go ahead and introduce your book? Yep. So it's my turn this week. Courtney, um... She she gave it a good attempt, but it wasn't really dark. I don't week. want to talk about it. <laughs> um, so anyways, this week we're doing The Darkness Beyond the Daisies. The So the premise of it from the blurb anyways seems like she was kidnapped and sold to this couple who bought her for their mentally unwell son. So... They wanted her to, like, befriend their son. I'm assuming that that's who the romance is between the girl and the son. Um, it's... Uh, so I did get a little spoilery because I did was trying to do some research, find out if the book had a happy ending. I still don't have that answer. Um, so fair warning on that. Not sure if this has a happy ending or not. Um, it has some kind of ending, but I'm not sure if it's happy. Um, so from what I learned, because I went into like the Instagram of this author and like all sorts of things, this, the son has DID. We've read a few DID books before. Um, I don't know if this is one of those like suspend belief as far as mental illness goes, or if it's going to be done well and accurate, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, but from my understanding, this book has all of the triggers. And in the beginning of the book, it, it, the trigger warning just says all of it. If you have any triggers, this isn't the book for you. So. That's Which is fun. Um. <laughs> And then also, the reviews are really good. Like, that's that's what sold me on this book was the reviews. Mm. Like, even the ones that aren't five stars are still, like, holy shit, this was an amazing book. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to dive in. I was trying to look at the character <laughs> list. But... Not so excited. <laughs> No, I am. I mean, it, mental health books with like a uh, huge mental health um, storylines. Some of them, if they're done well, they're really, really good. Uh, however, when you start getting into that like cliche, uh, uh, I can't think of the word. Yeah. They, just the cliche representation of them. And you get, like, all of the, you know, we've read a few that, we've read some good ones, but we've also read a couple that had that, like, very cliche representation of them. And it really just kind of turns the book from good to not so great when all you're reading about is, like, oh, they're crazy for crazy's sake because they have this mental illness and everything can be excused away or, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel like the ID when writing 
um, about this mental illness is a fine line to walk because it can either be very good or very insulting. Right. So I'm hoping that it's a good one. I mean, like you said, the reviews were all very good. I kind of scoured them too a little bit after because we were talking about how we weren't sure if there was a happy ending or not. And we are not the type of readers who don't read happy endings. There's very few times where I've ever read a book without a happy ending and been satisfied unless it's like a healthy ending. We're not the type of readers who do read uh, books that don't have a happy ending. We typically don't read books that do not have a happy ending, which is why um, we both tried to figure out if this book does or not. And we couldn't really get that answer. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I'm excited to dive in. It's just, I have concerns. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think anytime you go into a book with DID, because it is such a heavy, traumatic mental illness. And like another thing that's going to be I'm assuming brought up if this if the son has DID what kind of well obviously the parents are not great if they purchased a friend for him but what kind of things did the parents put him through what kind of role are the parents going to play because yeah he like they purchased her for him but it's kind of made to seem like it's about their relationship and it doesn't really talk too much about like the parents aspect from blurb at least from what I remember just reading it um and I feel like they're probably gonna have to play a large part in this um if he has DID because DID comes from childhood trauma and causing a split when the personalities are supposed to be forming as one causes split because of severe trauma so um the parents are going to have to play a large role. Yeah, and I, I can't I can't get a full list of triggers because I'm not in the author's Facebook page. That's where the full content warning is, that it would actually line out what it is. But when when an author says all of it, you, you got to know something bad is coming, which is fine. I mean, we've read dark books before, and usually they're not so bad. Uh, I, I don't know. After Kelsey's last pick, though, I'm a little concerned. I got this book um, from a recommendation, like, if you read R.I.P. by oh. Charity, then you might like Fuck this you. book. Okay. So Cool. That's where so, it came from. I will reserve uh, my judgments for I now. think, though, I think we need to not necessarily go into it. Because some of the books with D.I.D., we go into it, like, with a really critical eye on how they treat that illness and i think that for this one we're probably going to have to suspend belief because of how dark this book is like i i feel like it is probably going i've never read this author before i have no idea but i'm shooting from the hip here um i feel like it is probably going to be more in line with the cliche stereotypical um like hollywood version of what did is and i doubt it's going to be um like accurate what was that last book we read with it it was one of your picks the male male one that one was so Uh, good it was one of the best depictions i have seen oh yeah it was i don't remember but i do i know what book you're talking about i just don't remember the author for anybody who uh has been a long time listener because i think we did it like a while ago uh, maybe over summer um 
the we did a book with DID, and if I do find it or remember it, I will I'll say so in the next part. But uh, it was a fantastic, absolutely fantastic book. It focused focused more on the healing aspect of uh and like actual help and really give a good breakdown of what uh DID is. It you could tell that the author did amazing amounts of research. Yeah, there's been a few that we've done that oh, it was Love Me Whole, Nikki James. Yeah, that one was great. I just went back in our list and looked. Um Love Me Whole by Nikki James. Yeah, that one was really good. But then we've also read some, I don't think on the podcast. I know we've read some together outside of the podcast that were like really I have not been done well. I mean, yeah, I'm excited to dive in. Uh That's that's all I've got. Uh, our midway point is chapter, for me, is chapter 15 at 49%. Hold on. Let me yep, check. that's me too. Okay, perfect. Okay, so if you are reading along with us, go ahead and read till chapter 15 and come back. Pause here. Okay, we're back. Ugh. I like this book. I feel like we're going to have differing opinions on this one. <laughs> so, okay, here's the thing. This is not nearly as bad as your last pick, obviously. Obviously. But ugh, it's an irredeemable uh, main male character. So uh, anybody who knows me knows that I am a simp. I will fucking find any sort of redeemable trait in a bad guy. I will. How do you for the not most find part. redeemable traits in him? There's none. There's not. I don't give a shit that he was abused. I do not fucking care. I don't care how bad it was that hell had to come out and he had to be abused so badly that hell had to come out. The things he did to Jolie. So, ugh, no, I'm sorry. He's disgusting. He disgusts me because he continues to do these bad things. This is mm, so, from what we know. Jolie was 18 years old. She had essentially been, her mother died. Her dad, who was not her real dad, but like a stepfather, ended up getting custody of her. But she was 18 somehow. I don't know exactly. They went on a road trip. They said it. Her mom died when she was seven. And her stepdad, who they weren't actually married, fought to get custody of her. He had custody of her, raised her. And then when she was 18, they were coming back from a trip and he was murdered and she was kidnapped and sold. So yeah, she ends up in a human trafficking ring. She gets sold off to this family and these people, oh, fuck the mom, fuck the dad. So they buy her and the mom is like, she was also a victim of human trafficking. But yeah, not the for dad- very long. I I don't really know how it worked out. But so the mom was also a victim of human trafficking. She ended up, and the story of how uh, Woodrow slash Hell slash Woody, he's the oldest son. He has DID, and Julie mentions that like she was too young to have a son his age. So I'm assuming she was really young when he came mm-hmm. in to the picture. But I, I didn't hear that part. But what they have said multiple times is that he doesn't look like her and that 
um, he also doesn't look like the dad. And there's like multiple mentions from hell that he's not actually his dad. So, or that they're not well, sure. So, is what the he very first chapter where Jolie meets them, she mentions that she looks way too young to have a son his age. When she first sees him and first sees the family, that she mentioned she was like, you know, Winter looks way too young to have a son his age. So I'm assuming she was very young when she was trafficked and bought by her husband. And maybe she was either pregnant or already had him, or maybe she had him right after the husband bought her. However it happened, whatever. I'm assuming he was a product of violence and, it is what it is. Like, I mean, I get it. The whole family hates him. So he has this like weird tumor thing. He's fucking broken, whatever. Sucks to be him, I guess, you know, but also, uh, it almost feels he, like karma for his future actions. Also, but he was being raped from such a young age and it was hell that was taking all that on because mom was just giving him out to all of her friends to rape him from such a young age which is i'm assuming it hasn't explicitly been said but i'm assuming is what caused his did and hell is the trauma holder for the majority of that so So then hell decides to inflict it on an innocent 18 year old who is kidnapped and then sold to him as his gift And here's the thing. So we don't exactly know how old they are. Uh, So it starts when she's 18. She's with them. And then at some point after she's 18, she is sold back to the trafficking ring that had her in the first place. And then 10 years go by. So she's got to be at least between 28 to 30. Right. Mm -hmm. When he gets her back. So she's gone for 10 years. Things happen in the meantime. All we're seeing is 17-year-old Woodrow slash Hell slash Woody's perspective. And Woody is a seven-year-old. He's perpetually seven. He's the optimistic alter, the childhood alter who still wants love from their parents, who gets along with the youngest sister. He's the, you know, the kid alter, which you see a lot in DID, uh, or at least the books that I've read and the media that I've seen. You see a lot of there's a childhood alter who has a certain optimism to the world. And then there's the main person who is Woodrow. He's 17. So he's about a year younger than Jolie. And Jolie has fallen in love with him. She's enamored. She loves him, you know, regardless of his faults. And then there's Hell, who you don't get a certain age on him, but I would assume he's close-ish to their age because you don't get a real age on him. But I, I would assume he's anywhere between 17, 18. What, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have any sort of specific age range. At least so far in the story, we haven't found it. So this story goes back and forth. And I'm usually not the biggest fan of, like, the back and forth past and present. But in this case, I feel like it's super necessary. Because I feel like you get a lot of the past trauma but you're getting it in a necessary way to understand what's happening in the present. Yeah, because in the present, they're still kind of like hiding things or the author's still kind of like hiding things from you about what's going on and what they're talking about and, you know, backstory and whatever. And you kind of have to wait to get some of that backstory. 
Um, and it is necessary the way that it was written. Yes. I think so. One of the last scenes that we got with Hell, though, was super important, I feel like, to the rest of the story. Like, um, so uh, obviously he's fucked up. Like, he, I'm not saying that he is it, by any measure a good dude. Like, he has zero remorse. He has zero empathy. He has zero, like, any of that. I mean, obviously you can look into the possible psychology of how that happened, which is like clear, clear as fucking day. He was, you know, continuously raped and abused and then groomed to be evil. Um, so, I mean, it was just, he, he's a product of his environment, point blank, period. And he embraced it because that's just how his altar is made up. So anyways, but the one of the last scenes we got with Hell Actually, not just the last scene. Every single time that he has raped her in, like, on page so far, he has said things like, tell me you like it. You know, like, are you enjoying this? Tell me, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's constantly, like, asking for that validation. And obviously, because he's raping her, she says, no, like, fuck you. I don't want this, blah, 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 blah. Like, so she's not caving into his demands, even if they were lies. Good for her. She shouldn't. Um, but when she got drunk and they had sex and she did enjoy it and she was like going along with it, he got way softer on her, not down there, but <laughs> like his like demeanor with her was way softer to the point that he let Woodrow take over, which he has never done before. Okay. I want to... <clears throat> fuck Woodrow. I feel like Woodrow is the realest of bad guys in this story. Because do you he, hold on, hold on. I know that Woodrow was abused. I get it. So the father deliberately hates Woodrow and Woody. So Woody is the younger alter. Woodrow is the uh person. Host. Like he's the the main guy, the right? The I don't know how to say it, but he's host. he was the person who was before the altars. He's the host. Yeah, so yeah, he's the host. So anyway, Woodrow is a piece of shit. And I'm going to say this point blank. I know that I'm going to have a differing opinion from Kelsey, but this piece of shit. So he ends up going to prison for the stuff that Hell does to Jolie, I would assume, at some point. I, I so we don't know exactly what happened yet, but I'm assuming she's either sold back or something happens. No, he, he ends up going to prison for rape. And pedophilia or whatever the fuck it is, he ends up going to prison for a bad thing because he gets raped in prison quite a he bit. Killed his parents. Well, yeah, but also it was rape because they straight up say, like, you're a rapist. No, they he, say you're a rapist and I you're know, getting raped. But they explained they explained why they said that. Because hell was taking over for him while he was in prison before they started medicating about raping. Dragging. I'm assuming Jolie. Yeah, he was bragging about it, though. They never said that that's what he was charged with. So the point is, anyway, so he goes to prison. He ends up getting raped. Not a big I, – I get it. That's horrible. That's awful. That sucks. You know, whatever. But he's also medicated at this point. So he's Woodrow the whole time. But the thing is, he gets out of prison. He ends up doing a year – he gets out of prison in order to do a year at a psychiatric facility because they recognize, oh, he has DID. He needs to go to a psych facility. He gets out of that 
facility. And he decides, I'm going to stop taking these pills because I need Hell to take over. Even knowing Hell is the one who scarred up and cut up Jolie. Hell is the one who raped her multiple times because he says, Jolie and Hell say, you know, Jolie has said multiple times, every time he's been inside me, it's been rape. Like, he's been inside me multiple times. Woodrow has said, I have never been inside her as myself. The first and only time he was ever having sex with Jolie was that night the in the present at that wedding. First and only time. So every time she has been raped by Hell. So Hell has been inside her multiple times from 18 to whenever she disappeared and he went to prison and the 10 years have passed. Right. So hell has raped her multiple times. He disfigured her. He carved up her face on one side. He scarred her in other places to the point where even the trafficking ring was like we had to, you know, nobody else would take her because she was damaged and broken and like you fucked her up too much. And so Woodrow decides, I'm going to stop taking pills because hell has to get you back to me. He's a piece of shit. I'm sorry. I hate Woodrow more than I hate hell because hell is the bad alter. You know he's going to be a bad person. You know he's fucked up. You know he's destructive and abusive and disgusting. How would Woodrow decide that this is the idea? I'm going to let the bad guy who is absolutely abusive, and he's abusive in the present too. He kicks the shit out of her. He beats her. He anally rapes her. He fucking just is the absolute most disgusting person on earth. And when you know that that's the most disgusting person on earth, how would you intentionally inflict that on the person you say you love and then fucking mock her about it? When she was in the cage and she had her head shaved on the scarred side where her hair couldn't cover it anymore, he sat there and mocked her about it. He was like, well, you're saying mean things to me. And how dare you be mean to me when I just love you? And like- That did kind of suck. I didn't really enjoy that. But, I mean, I I don't know. I'm glad he got hurt in prison. I'm sorry. I hate to say it, but I'm glad. I hate Woodrow. I hate all of them. I hope they all die. I'm sorry. Except for Woody. Like, if Woody could be the main altar at the end of this and, like, heal from trauma, that'd be great. But other than that, I hate this person. I think that his intentions were good. Were they? Were they? Because he knew he was a rapist and a torturer and decided to... Either that that or leave her as a sex slave. Okay, but she was already a sex slave. She was his alter's sex slave. It's not... I have the devil you know fucking philosophy. And he mentions that a few times. He's like, it's the devil you know. And my friend who was a guard and a cop also said it was the devil you... No. Fucking release her. Buy her back and release her into the wild into some sort of protective custody. Like, get her a therapist. Give her a new name. Give her an ID. Uh, you, I'm assuming he has enough money. If he has enough money yeah, to buy a sex slave. And he mentions as hell that he has the money. Get her a new identity. Get her a fake ID. Give her therapy and fucking let her go. Let her go. Let her go. You love her? Let her go. She doesn't really want that either, though. Because she's been a sex slave for, what, 12 years now? 10 years? 11 years? However long she's been gone, plus however long she was with him. It's not that she doesn't want that. It's that she doesn't know any different. Because since 18, for at the very, very least, 10 and a half to however long she was a sex slave. She doesn't know any different. Right, but she loves Woodrow. 
But does so she, she deals with? Yes, she deals with hell because she loves Woodrow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, how many gonna, times can you have- love somebody who is constantly going to give you to somebody bad? Well, I think it was his plan obviously didn't work out how he thought it would. He wanted Hell to get her back and then switch over the reins, which Hell wasn't going to do because I'm sure once we get a little further into things, but he it'll knew come out that Hell also loves her. His love is just twisted. He knew that there was a possibility that Hell wouldn't give back the reins. He thought he had control enough to, oh, Hell was just going to buy her and then give me back. He knew there was a possibility possibility that that wouldn't happen. And he still decided he, he had hope, though. You know what I mean? He was trying to get her out of sex slavery and get her back. But she, and- she wasn't even in sex slavery, really. She was just in sort of a purgatory where they would just kill her. And honestly, she would have been happier. She even mentions she. No, she specifically has said numerous times she does not want. She to doesn't die. want to die by his hand because she knows that he would kill himself right after and follow her to death. Her biggest fear is him killing her, not Woodrow, but Hell. She said, "I'm terrified. If Hell kills me, I know he'll slit his throat right after because he won't let me die in peace." But she's also said multiple times, like, "I have the will to survive." Like. I like I don't want to die because I have the will to survive. Like I, I just, don't know. She said multiple times. Like she said both things that she doesn't want to die and that she doesn't want to die by his hand. Like she said both things multiple times. So I mean, it's it, there's so much room for interpretation in this book. <laughs> I just here's the thing: the writing sucks you the fuck in. So I literally I started reading this book. I finished it, I mean, not super quickly because it took me a while to get into, like, to actually read this book because I know Kelsey. And so it took me a minute to read this book. But once I got in, I got sucked in. This writing is amazing. And for those of you who like Pitch Black, and I think I'm realizing that maybe Pitch Black is not my speed. I like Black. Like black, you're like black romances are my thing. I've read non-con romances before. In fact, I've read quite a few of them and I do like them, but I like them when there's actually some amount of groveling to like. I think that there is the opportunity for that here, though. I don't I feel think like that's going to happen, so though. She's just going to have to magically accept that there's a disgusting bad guy who is going to do awful things to her. But then she's going to get the opportunity for the good guy. Because it's but not for the first time ever when somebody else comes in. This, this is like a reverse harem no, that's where there's saying. a disgusting but- rapist in your harem who does awful things to you. And then the good guy in the harem also comes back and apologizes for the bad guy. That's what I think is going to no. happen. Is she's going to just kind of accept the, the bad in order to get the good. I mean, that is a possibility that I could see happening, but I can also see the possibility of the first time ever Hell just showed empathy towards her and allowed Woodrow to come to the front. So I definitely think there is a That's possibility. That's like, fucking empathy. That's just allowing the good guy to make up for your bad actions. That's not empathy. That's literally no, he allowing was- the good guy to apologize for your bad. That's not no. That's could, just, oh, I'm going to take his- the background. He didn't apologize. He didn't say, I'm sorry for the fact that I literally raped you 
Oh, you bled. Your internal organs were suffering. Sorry about that. But I think that there could be the opportunity for that to happen. Fair enough. And you know what? If that happens, I will apologize. But I don't think that it's going to happen here. I think what's going to happen is... So I know that we've talked about the fact that this happy ending is subjective. I'm hoping that maybe the happy ending is... Well, I'm not hoping, but I'm expecting the happy ending to be that she... Hell kind of becomes less of a constant and Woodrow becomes more of one. And so every time the bad happens, she just kind of deals with it until Woodrow comes to the front and he has to soothe and smooth over all of those bad intentions. I think she's just kind of going to learn to live with it and hell is going to become less of a constant. I don't think that this is one of those happy endings where you get like this actual happy ending i think it's gonna be oh well oh no something bad yeah hell hell beat me today but it's okay because woodrow came right after and i don't think that's how it's gonna be i mean i could be wrong but i don't think that's how it's gonna end fair enough and that and if i'm wrong that's fine i just i honestly think that woodrow is the base villain of them all because he is so he was so happy to unleash hell on her and almost punish her for something that wasn't even her fault in the first place. He was never happy to unleash hell on her. He was trying to save her and he's never once been like, oh, I wish hell would take over so that no, he but can he, he was more than happy to hurt her with his own words where he sat there and he was like, oh, I, I hate that you're skinny. You know, I, I preferred the fat, the chubby version of you because and you're like watching her wince and he was like, it, you know, it made me happy to see her wins. Like even when he was Woodrow, he did not have the best of intentions. He knew all of the bad things. He even called his friend freaking out. That Woodrow had shaved her head and beat the shit out of her and put her in a dog cage. But then when he was talking to her, he was like, oh, well, you can't have food until, like, you do this. Like, even as Woodrow, he was not a good fucking person. I don't... I don't know. I I feel like you're taking that one scene and you're like basing the entirety of his character off of it when looking, we've had like 45% more Even looking the at book. the childhood ones, like the shower scene where he refused to leave her the fuck alone. She fucking asked multiple times. She was like, "You ju- your body just raped me. I understand it wasn't your mind. But your body just raped me multiple times. Please stop it. And he was like, I just need to hold you. I need to be the one to hold you. And she's like, you have traumatized me. I know it wasn't you. And I'm trying to forgive you. But like your body did this thing. And my body is triggered by your body doing this thing. And he's like, I don't really give a fuck. Because I, in my mind, need to hold you. And because it's me, you shouldn't feel traumatized because I'm not him anymore. He was also traumatized, though. Yeah, but and good he for said, fucking like, him. It doesn't matter. Why doesn't he give a shit about the fact that she's traumatized? His body he did. did I give a shit. His mind didn't do it. I get that. I 100% get that. But here's the thing about mental illness. You are allowed to... You are allowed... To feel like it wasn't you who did the thing. Like it it wasn't because obviously, especially with DID and certain mental illnesses, you were allowed to feel like, you know, 
this wasn't me, so it's not my responsibility. But at the same time, you are not you are not granted forgiveness for things that your body did, for things that you did, you know, while you were fucked up mentally. It's not but nobody you, owes you forgiveness for things that you did while you don't remember them. Nobody, you are not he, owed that. He said multiple times, like, first of all, he took ownership of it. Second of all, he was basically raped as well. Third of all, he said, like, please, even if this is the last time, just like, please let me help you, which she agreed to. And then, um, and then he left her alone until she was ready for days. But he should have left her alone that minute. He should have left her alone immediately. Right, like, I get that. He's a 17-year-old kid who also was just fucking traumatized, who who just found out that he raped the love and of I his life. He doesn't, he doesn't understand. And, and he doesn't understand because, and it's not his fault he doesn't understand because he's in the back-ass woods and nobody has talked to him about his diagnosis. But at the same time, like, like I said, you're not owed forgiveness for things you did while not in your right mind. Because regardless of how it happened, it was still your body at the very least who committed those crimes like right and he took ownership and he said i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry like he continuously apologized for it but i mean like show a little bit of empathy the poor guy was also what empathy it doesn't mean that she doesn't show empathy for her to be like please don't be near me right this second like please go to your room and do your thing so I, I just think we're gonna just have to see how this plays out because right now we have completely different I think so opinions. too. I just I'm hoping for one of those neutral endings, like I said. Uh there's been a couple of times I'm normally a very happy ending person. I'm normally a very simp for the villain person. In this particular uh story, I'm hoping for one of those like either he dies, hopefully, or she gets therapy or so i'm hoping that something happens to where they can at the very least live neutral lives where she's not constantly traumatized because i feel like there is no amount of suffering to deserve his love there's no amount of him kicking her like a soccer ball across a room and cutting her open and then licking open the wound and raping her that could make up. There's no amount of groveling that can make up for Hell's actions. Right. I get that. But I don't know. I feel like th- this is a lot more nuanced than you're allowing it to be. You have it very yeah, black yeah. and white. And maybe it is. And maybe at the end I'm going to be like, oh, I love, you know, whoever ends up, whatever it ends up. And may- maybe I will. And that's. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like this book exists in the gray and you have it very black and white in your head. As for somebody who says they love the villains, I don't believe Okay, you. I do send for the villains. You you know that because I have read I, I read okay. so many non-con I, I, romances. I read where I version of the, the, the bad guy where I'm like, oh, he can change. But that's I read your version of also, Dark last week. They can change because they have some sort of moral empathy inside of them in the first place. And in this one, you don't see moral empathy. 
and any of the characters. That's a lot. No, you don't see it in hell and you don't really see it in Woodrow for her. Yes, you, you see do. it for himself. Absolutely, you see it for himself. Oh my God. You don't see it for her, though, because he straight up. Mm, okay, whatever. We're going to have to keep reading. Okay, yeah, we're going to have to keep reading. We're at 30 minutes just for this fucking part or 27, whatever. Okay. If you guys are reading along with us, go ahead and read till the end of the book and pause here. Okay, we're back. Um, Courtney has no voice, so it's going to be mainly me talking. Um, I guess we do have a chat section that if Courtney wants to add anything, she can chat it to me and I will relay that (laughs) message to you guys. Um, She's pulling a Woodrow right now with a fucked up throat. Um, If she does talk, you guys will understand. (laughs) So total twist ending on this book even courtney texted me saying that like she wish it was wished it was longer by the end of it was not expecting that um so essentially all of the things from the present were one of her daydreams which like i feel like in hindsight we should have seen that coming but it was done so seamlessly and like the jumping back and forth I feel like the author just did an incredible job. Like, I did not see that coming. I thought he died. I was like, don't cry, don't cry. Um, And Courtney said that she would like to retract her very heated review of Woodrow that she did in the last part. So, basically, like, she was very upset with him because of how he acted the first time he switched back to himself seeing her in the like quote-unquote present that we got um, as far as like the wedding goes and um, how he switched to hell he stopped taking his medication and switched to hell for hell to get her back knowing that hell has hurt her in the past and so when we found out it was all a delusion (laughs) We now know that, like, Woodrow didn't actually act like that. We, He has been in a facility for the last 10 years, and Ollie was his friend even in, like, her daydream, in her delusion. But Ollie was actually the only one that was... Um, I wouldn't say kind, but, like, not awful to her during like one of the big blowups when the friends were there when uh the dad's friends were there so i guess he stuck in her head and i don't know okay let's see what courtney said i did end up really loving the book this author is amazing and keeping you engaged and even making you empathize with the bad guys like hell yeah for sure so i agree with that um, and you got to see a little bit more about it. Like the dad really was in hell's head during like the times that he was hurting her. Like he really was influenced by the dad. And anytime he tr- started to soften up towards her, then it would show like the dad did something to retract all the progress that she made with him. So, I mean, even her own thing, like 
yes, it was part of her delusions, but I feel like there was a very good explanation for a lot of Hell's actions um, in the part where she, like, read his diary. Even though it was not real, it still gave explanations for why Hell acted the way he acted. And she came, like, to her own conclusion that he wasn't that bad um, and that he was just trying to protect Woodrow and himself. Like, he was constantly getting rejected and shut down by her before he even had a chance to show her who he was. And at the end of the day, like his biggest purpose is being Woodrow's protector. So if there are things perceived to be getting in the way of protecting Woodrow, like he's not going to take that. And he is still at the end of the day, his own person. He was gifted. Um, why did I just forget her name? Jolie. Thank you, Courtney. <laughs> he was gifted Jolie and she just immediately shut him down. Like she was supposed to be for him. And he's got dad in his ear telling him all these things and how it's going to be and blah, 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 blah. And it didn't end up being that way because also Jolie is her own person. So it just, um, I don't know. I, okay. So I do have a gripe about the book. I don't know if Courtney has the same gripe or not. I guess we'll find out in a second. But the ending, I wish we would have gotten more after they were reunited. I would like to see how she interacted with Woody and especially Hell after they reunited. Because we don't really get very much about who Woodrow actually is outside of her delusions. And we don't really get very much about Hell at all. Um, about who he is outside of her delusions. So, or daydreams. I don't know. They're delusions. Because it was fucking real. I don't know. Did you feel that way too, Courtney? She said, yes, but I think with Ollie's book, we'll get a little more from them. But I agree because I would have liked an interaction with them. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. So, Ollie and Remy are each getting their own books. I'm not sure if they're out yet or not. I didn't look. But... They are each getting their own Oh, next year. Because at the end, it said the end of 2023, beginning of 2024. So um, I wasn't sure because we are reaching the end of 2023. But I think hopefully we'll get a little bit more of their interactions. But I wish that we would have had more as far as that goes. Because what what is it really like, you know? But the trafficker guy, the big boss's son, has a duet. Okay. I didn't catch that, but um, that would be interesting to read. This author, I really, really enjoyed this author. She did a very good job at sucking you in and did a very good job at like leading you where she wanted to lead you. Like some authors, it feels forced. It feels like they're trying to, you know shove you in this direction and, you know, distract you and, like, you know that they're distracting you, but it is, um, this author did it very seamlessly. Courtney said, Hilarion, the one they thought was Woodrow's dad. Yeah, so the boss, his son, has a duet. Is that Remy or not Remy? What's his name? They said it at some point in the book. I don't remember. I don't think it's Remy, but 
I don't know. I uh, I thought she said, I don't think so. I can't remember, but Alarion would like rape his son. Yeah, so I think this author is going to be like coined as a dark author in general. I can't imagine her not getting into all the nitty gritty in whatever her books are. And I think that she's started building a world here, um, even just like adjacent to this book. I feel like there's a lot of potential for future books. So I'm a. Uh, I, I would read this author again. I think I would like to do it on another read-along because I don't know that I would want to read it by myself. But I would definitely read this author again. What about you, Courtney? Sorry, guys. We're, like, waiting for chats. Like, if you if you heard Courtney, you would understand. The poor girl has zero voice. She said, I'd be down. I almost want to do the duet. So, yeah, I mean, that that might be something that we do in the future. She's trying to find the title right now so we can tell you guys. Um, also, I'm not sure what our next book is going to be. It's Courtney's pick next. And then that'll kind of wrap up our October dark romances. Not saying we won't still do dark romances, but um, I kind of went hard <laughs> this month <laughs> with my picks. We got R.I.P. and then this one, and both of them were, like, really dark, <laughs> so. I feel like this one was a lot better than R.I.P. Like, R.I.P. was just straight-up shock factor. Like, can you do it? This one was an actual journey, I feel like. Okay, she said an untraditional fairy tale. Oh, that's, okay, I'm down for that, because I did see that when I was researching this book. I thought it was more than two books. I thought it was like a whole series. But I, I didn't look it up. Courtney did, so I trust her word. She said it's a duet. So, Charles and Pepper. That's the couple's name. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what we're going to be recording next. Um... We're definitely not recording back-to-back -back this time because Courtney, like, genuinely cannot function right now. So, this was weird. I hope you guys like me enough to, uh, like the sound of only my voice. I don't have anything else to say, I don't think. Do you have anything else to say, Courtney? She said, just the two books unless it's incomplete. I kind of want to do Unhinged, Callie, but it's also a duet. Girl, you cannot talk enough for that. We will have to put Unhinged Callie on pause. Because that will be a lot of talking and it would require recording very soon. <laughs> she said, fair enough. <laughs> we'll figure it out. You guys will be surprised with us. Courtney, is she's going to have to have some time, man. So, I don't have anything else to say. And I hope you guys enjoyed this book. I enjoyed this book. And we'll just have to wait and see what's next week. So if you are interested in that, then join us again next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.